Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to a Thursday night. I know I've been haven't been around, but I'm around right now. I am JT, aka the Master, and this is FSP Crew Show. The number to call in is three four seven six three seven three two two zero. I'll say that again: it's three four seven six three seven three two two zero. Is the place to be. If you want to talk to JT, the master, and quite naturally, that would be me. Got a great show in store for you tonight. Um, it's week six in the NFL and also in, in uh, fantasy. We do have a Thursday night game. The Carolina Panthers are hosting the um, Philadelphia Eagles. Both of these teams are kicking butt in their respective divisions. Looking to get the Right now, the number one seed uh, in the NFC, uh, and see, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, Cam is playing is playing lights out. Carson Wentz is no slouch. Both these guys about the same size, six five, six five and a quarter, half or whatever it is, about two forty, two thirty, two forty, two fifty, somewhere around there, um, and they've been balling out. Um, but before I get to that, okay, before I get to the game. Before I get to the game, let's get to what's happening in the NFL. Now, first of all, before I get to some other, uh, I'm going to start with this story. That the, um, the NFL, let me put it this way. Jerry Jones um Threw down the gauntlet. Let me put it that way. I'll say he threw down the gauntlet to the players, saying anybody that plays that's on his team that decides uh, to not stand for the national anthem won't play. They're on a bye this week. But uh, supposedly there's a lot of players, and I'm not just talking about the players that are outside the, the Cowboy organization, but there's a lot of players that are in the uh, Cowboy organization that aren't too happy with their owner. They had, from what I understand, they had a team meeting. I think players only meeting, which not good, which is not good. The lines are starting to get drawn here, people. Lines are starting to get drawn. People are thinking that this is dis- disrespecting the flag, but it's not about that. It's way above that, way past that. The narrative has been pushed that way, but they're trying to distract from what the real um, part of, of what, what's going on 
on what, what, what the, uh, it's all about. So Roger Goodell supposedly stepped in and said that, um, that uh, at one point, um, I think that he sent a letter out saying that um, about standing. And then um, Nate Burleson had a recent interview uh, that was aired this morning that Rogers wants to get into some type of dialogue to figure out what's the best way to handle this because the NFL PA um, is uh, uh, not too happy about uh, the comments of Mr. Mr. Jerry Jones and a possibility of other owners uh, following, following the same suit. So, like I said, lines are getting drawn. Um, I think things are going to get nastier before they get better. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, there's a fan base, a certain um, uh, uh, um, part of the fan base that um, is up in arms. Um, but in my opinion, it's, it's trying to deflect what the real issue is uh, and, and saying it's a disrespect in the flag. It's a First Amendment right. A First Amendment right. Freedom of speech. Peaceful protests, First Amendment right of the Constitution. And the Constitution stands for everyone, not just a certain group, everyone. Anyway, I got two, two people sitting here waiting for me uh, to, to bring them in. I'm going to bring my esteemed co-host, my brother from another mother in, uh, Jeff the Joker. And then uh, I bring in, I do believe, it's got my, um, my other brother that's from uh, the ATL. I bring him in also. Uh, what's up, Jeff? Hey, Jerry. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Uh, uh, I'm like uh, Louie Nelson tonight. I'm on the road again. I'm not calling from home. Okay. All right. And then, then the other one I have, like I said, it's uh, my man from ATL. I think do believe is Nas. What's up, my man? Oh, not much, man. Thanks for letting me on, Jerry. Uh, what's up, Jeff? And, and Jeff, hey, Nas. I'm not going to start no fights tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me let me you know you guys heard my my monologue. You heard my monologue and you guys know where I stand about this. Uh I don't know where either one of you stand and I'm open for whatever you guys have to bring. I'm going to bring in my esteemed co-host for Jersey from, brother from another mother first and then I'm going to bring in Nas. What's up Jeff? Talk to me. All right, talking about this uh kneeling issue. You know what? I'm tired of it and I don't care. I mean, guys got the right to kneel. I wouldn't. I don't care what other people do. Uh, I love this country. We got issues. We got problems. Every country's got issues and problems, you know. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we're going to go in the right direction to, to uh, you know, improve, you know, the issues. Uh, I think the president should be focusing on helping the people of Puerto Rico and, and, and not having a war in North Korea, and this, this is nonsense. This is a distraction. I don't know, maybe it's, that's why he's doing it. I think he hates the NFL because he's got a grudge against them. But my thing is, and, you know, I used to go to a lot of Giants games at the old stadium. You know, keep, you know what? I, I got a solution. Keep them in the locker room for the anthem. And then, and this is what they used to do. I wish I could remember it better. And then after the anthem, bring them out. Problem solved. There you go. Because, you know, that's how I get down. That's how I solve problems, you know. Um, but I'm sure that would, you know, people would object to it. Hey, you still do the anthem. 
and, you know, the team stays in a locker room, and it's uh, it's done, you know. And uh, I don't know. that that That's my solution, but nobody's listening to me. Talk to me, Nas. Yeah, man. Uh, the, the right has accused the left of uh, doing performative outrage for the last couple of years. And there have been instances where I think they were correct, where the left wanted to, you know, kind of stand on a pedestal and be more virtuous than everybody. And, and now we see performative outreach from the right. Uh, this was about police brutality. It was never about the flag. They muddied the waters and confused the story to make it into some kind of vow of patriotism. And since we're not in an authoritarian state, uh, I don't think the idea of forcing people uh, to do some kind of symbolic <laughs> fake patriotism is a good idea either. Uh, I think from the moment that tea was dumped in the harbor, we kind of are a different lot of folks. You know what I mean? So I, I, mm-hmm. I just think this is a bad idea. And I think uh, this best would have this would have been best served if people just would have allowed people to have their freedom of expression and their freedom to voice their opinion on something that is important to a lot of people. And then you move on and have your football game. But the idea that this is ruining people's games, I don't I don't buy it. Uh, I believe people who are upset about this actually watch the beginning of the game to see who kneels so they can get on Twitter and Facebook and start calling that person names and talk about how outraged they are. But by the middle of the game, man, they're watching the game, watching their fantasy football team and making their bets. And have these people with so much integrity, have they cut the players from their fantasy football team who they feel like uh, (laughs) have outraged them so much by kneeling? Have they cut them from their fantasy football team? Did they stop betting on the, the Kansas City Chiefs or something like that? You know what I mean? So I, I think yes. a lot of this is just fake outrage, and it, it kind of gets to the heart of, of where we are right now to where it's like, look, I know you have a concern, but since that's not affecting me, I don't want to hear about it. So I, I think that's where we are right now politically. And to watch the president see this, this moment that he knew he could take advantage of and actually take it is kind of disheartening because, you know, there's so much more things that a president is supposed to be worrying about rather than settling old scores from an old boy club that didn't let you in. And also, if you're a conservative, uh, the idea that somebody in government is affecting private business, oh, I don't know how that goes. But I- okay. I understand that, and I pr- appreciate uh, both of your opinion, and uh, um, just want to get out that, that out there first. Um, but that's not the only thing that, that, that that's happening in the NFL. Um, in the NFC East, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott says that Ezekiel Elliott, the NFL says Ezekiel Elliott's suspension is effective immediately. Uh, and that means he can't go to practice tomorrow. Um, he would be eligible eligible to play um, or return uh, to the team uh, November 24th, which is around, I think that's around uh, Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, the injunction was lifted that um, uh, prevented him from getting suspended. I think he has a short window to file in a um, to uh, file in the court to prevent that um, injunction from being lifted. Otherwise, um, starting week seven to week what thirteen or whatever it is, uh, he'll be suspended for six games. And um, the Cowboys will be without quite naturally out w- without his services. Uh, I want to get um, I'm going to go to Nas first on your opinion of what took place today and the ramifications um, f- 
for the Cowboys, and then I go to Jeff. Talk to me now. Yeah, well, Jerry's an idiot, man. Like, Jerry wants us to see his arm uh, behind Roger Goodell as the puppeteer. Uh, so he keeps just stepping on this guy, and, and, and it's really, really weird. Like, he, Goodell was trying to work out something with the NFLPA. Jerry slams over the top of him. Uh, then this case with, his, with Zeke where it's like, look, the NFL is trying to protect their own standing from the country of thinking of them as, being lenient on domestic violence. So they overpunch. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what they do. We know this. So instead of Jerry trying to figure out a way to, okay, you know, this happened, let's move on, Jerry goes to Kessler, and they come up with this crazy, you know, injunction, and now you got a season where you would have had six games beginning of the season, then you'd have had momentum rolling with Zeke coming in, and you're looking forward. Now you get this disruption where Zeke goes to sit down, and you got to figure stuff out during this six games, and then I guess he comes back. So, I mean, yeah, Jerry has really, really fouled this whole season up, and now he's openly challenged the players' manhood and dignity by forcing them to either stand or sit uh, with a penalty hanging over their head, and he said this publicly so everybody knows it. So, uh, Jerry's had a really, really bad year. <laughs> I'll just end it I know I'm long-winded, but so much with Jerry, man. It's all right. I, you, I give you all the time you want, man, to, to voice your opinion on here. All right, Jeff, talk to me. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm curious, you know, what's going to happen, Zeke, if they're going to appeal it or whatever. And, uh, you know, this is when in some leagues, you know, if a guy clears waivers on Wednesday, you could pick up an Alfred Morris. Because, you know, I checked in a couple leagues. He's on the roster. But one league I was able to pick up Morris. Um you know, that's what you got to do as a conscientious, uh, you know, fantasy um, GM. Um, you know, I'll tell you, you know, I mean, Jerry Jones, he's a, he's a wheeler dealer type. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, you know, he's been very successful in the business world. You know, I'm curious him trying to say, you know, his players have to stand for the flag. I wonder if it has to do with him just trying to appease his fan base because, you know, he, he, probably got a ton of letters from uh, his local fan base saying, you know, they, they oh, don't no want doubt. guys kneeling. And oh, no uh, I, I, I tell you, though, I'm curious if a lot of his players, you know, and we're talking the big names, you know, Dak and Zeke and uh, Dez, uh, if they got together and said, hey, we're going to kneel, what's he going to do? Bench his stars? I doubt it. But uh, I think he's just, you know, he's looking out for his interest, trying to appease his fans and I think also with him making the announcement I think sometimes owners do that when when there's difficult situations sometimes they try to they try to take the heat for the players I remember Mark Cuban sometimes doing that um you know when uh the Mavericks choked in the finals you know him you know some minor antics to kind of distract from the fact that his team choked um you know, sometimes these guys do that, uh, do that sort of thing. Okay. Well, guys, we do have a game being played today, uh, tonight, I should say, and it's going to be an extre- extremely interesting game. You got two teams that are four and one, um, and two teams that have um, one's got a, probably a better defense than the other, but two quarterbacks. Drafted in, in different years, um, one's been to the Super Bowl, one's trying to get there, 
Um, both of them balling out. The comparisons these guys are like six four, six five. Um, Wentz, I think, is about two thirty, two forty. Um, Cam Newton is, is a bigger guy, um, but these guys have been utilizing their weapons to the utmost, which has put them at four and one in their division, and fighting for uh, um, the number one seed. I know this is week six, but each week is is, is important. As, excuse me, the further you go into the uh, NFL season and when you have a chance to uh, knock a team that's got the same record as you a peg down, you want to do that. And the Eagles are going to Carolina with the hope, just like Carolina is, uh, is hosting the Eagles, to knock, one, knock each other down a peg to get a leg up, so to speak, um, in the NFC, uh, I'm going to go to Jeff on your, your, your thoughts on the Eagles, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, and the Carolina Panthers in this uh, uh, pretty good uh, Thursday night matchup. Talk to me, Jeff. Well, uh, discussing fantasy specifically, um, this is a very good week to start uh, Eagles wide receivers because uh, – the Panthers' defense gives up a lot to opposing wide receivers. And, uh, you know, because it's a Thursday game, sometimes people overlook it. And, uh, you know, these Thursday games are a pain sometimes if, it, if your player is marginal. I mean, some guys you're going to start no, no matter what, and, and some guys you're only going to play in an emergency. But for those guys who are on the bubble, you got to make the decision about, you know, three days before you have to, you know, and it just, it, it's a drag sometimes, but you know, Hey, it's, everybody's got to deal with it. So, um, and since I'm on the road, um, I, I think, uh, Jonathan, uh, Stewart has been, uh, questionable for this game, but isn't he questionable for every game? But I, I think yeah. he really is. So, uh, if, if he doesn't suit up, it's going to be a lot more action from McCaffrey. I think even if he does suit up, it still there's a good chance of more action from McCaffrey. So, uh, but uh, you know, hopefully this will be a good game. Uh, Nas, you're on you're on the di- Diaz. Yeah, man. When it comes to Cam, uh, I think Cam has the ability to be an all-time great. We have to see how it plays out. Uh, the shoulder, the shoulder surgery. I think we're still seeing some lingering effects from that. He's not really accurate downfield right now. And that was usually, you know, his bread and butter, throwing the ball deep. So right now he's relying on his guys to make plays and McCaffrey being the number one guy who looks amazing as a rookie. Uh, So, you know, Cam, he's doing all right. I wonder what happens when teams force him to go downfield, though. Uh, Will they struggle like they did early on? Uh, When we flip it to your man Carson Wentz, look, man, I don't like Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson. I think they are dependent on moxie. Uh, intangibles, like the ability to energize a team and their leadership skills. But just as quarterbacks, I don't think they're good throwers. I don't think they're good at reading defenses. But, man, these dudes are getting it done, and it's really making me mad because it's like all my predictions (laughs) are going wrong on these two. So he's facing a Carolina defense that, yeah, gives up a lot to the receivers, but they are kind of, you know, rough to – to handle as far as throwing into those windows because those linebackers can make plays on the ball. Uh, I think Wentz 
ends up making a few mistakes this game and uh, this game and they lose a close one. But uh, both those defenses, man, I, I like them both, and both quarterbacks have some 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 issues to really look at. But uh, so far, these these are two of the better NFC teams, so this should be a good game on Thursday night. Can you believe that? Well, let me let me let me uh, uh, expand on one of the things that you said that I'm surprised because it, it does involve one of my one of my, uh, 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 my one of my guys on the Houston Texas. Now, you say you don't like Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson um, because you don't think they can read defenses, and um, I mean they, they they've gone against some pretty good teams and been able to perform at a high level um you don't get lucky doing that so you got to have some type of ability to be able to read defenses and be able to put the ball like that's that old school hey you can't read defense no i mean like they're not good at reading coverages all of the time and sometimes they get tricked into bad plays and some Mm -hmm. of the interceptions have been dropped and, look, those, those two guys are kicking me in the teeth. Like, I'm not going to sit up and act like <laughs> they're not doing well. I'm just mm-hmm. going by, you know, just regular quarterback evaluation by what they do well and what they don't do well. And mm-hmm. it, it's just these two guys, man, the intangibles, the moxie, all of that is sticking out because they're making plays that they shouldn't be capable of making. Deshaun, who's not a strong-arm guy, that passed through the fuller last week. What the hell? Uh, Fo- I mean, uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz. Against Arizona, he has them scrambling and, and blowing coverages because he, he's getting to the line fast. Uh, he, he's going through his reads quickly and firing that thing in there. Now, some of those should be kicked off because, you know, he's taking some risks, some some barbish risks. But, yeah, they're kicking me in the teeth, man. What can I say? But I, I'm going <laughs> to stick with my convictions and not act like I was on them the whole time. I'm going to be wrong if I'm wrong. That's how I'm wrong. Oh, wow. Wow. That, I, I sense some inflexibility in you, Nas. I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. No, no. I, I think you got to do it for a whole season, but I also mm-hmm. think you got to you got to you got to eat it when you're wrong. So you got to give it the whole season. Like, yo, this is what I okay. thought. So I want to okay. see the season play out. I'm not gonna do the switch it up. Hey, man, I told y'all to shine. Like, no, I'm not doing. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so. My opinion, this is man. This is a toss-up game to me. I think the the line is like three and a half. I don't even. I really don't like to go on lines because I'm 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 super bad at doing that, um, and I and I freely admit that I don't even even dabble in any kind of over under or this point spread or anything like that. Uh, I simply pick. I like picking winners and losers. Um, that that that's probably uh, uh, the kiss type of thing keep it simple stupid that's me i keep it simple i pick winners and losers if i if, if i win i don't if i i mean if i win i win if i don't i don't um that way i don't have to worry about oh carolina didn't cover they only won by two points versus three or three and a half uh, uh vice versa that philadelphia didn't cover uh, philadelphia didn't beat the point spread um i don't have to worry about that all i want to do is find out who i think is going to win who i think is going to lose I think Carolina in this is is going to win um, simply because they're the home team. I think these teams are basically the same type of teams, uh, give or take. Their, their weaknesses and strengths, I think they offset each other. Um, but but and, and but because Carolina is home, um, 
And that's the only reason why I'm picking uh, Carolina because they're home. If they were in a neutral field, um, wow. Um, I, 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 I probably wouldn't even want to pick, pick this game because the fact is, it, I, I think, I, I think it's still going to be a close game, but, um, and, and it all depends on, it really all depends on the quarterback. And if this is a really a quarterback game that whoever turns the ball over the most, uh, and I know that's a cliche type of thing, but I think in this one, whoever turns the ball over the most in the worst spot, because you can turn the ball over in the middle of the field or on your 30 or 40 and not affect you. But if you turn the ball over on your uh, 10 or 15 or 20-yard line, then that's turn over the ball the, uh, the most at the worst possible time. So um, I think that uh, uh, that's the only way that this is really going to be tipped one way or the other. It's a short week for both of these teams. Um, usually Thursday night games are garbage games, but like I said, these two teams are pretty evenly matched, to tell you the truth. And I'm be interested to see how this plays out, how each one of these head coaches and offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators game plan against the, the opposing team to gain an advantage. Um, I think the uh, Eagles have a uh, um, don't have a, a, a um, a running attack to, to really think think about. I think that quite naturally, I think they do their most damage in, in the running game, whereas Carolina is um, a little bit more versatile. They have uh, some rece- big, tall receivers that they can throw to um, and uh, a versatile young running back that it can do a lot of things in, in on the offense where they, both these teams have either a pass rush and, and, and uh, some strong linebacker play. Um, so, with all that being said, I'm going to have to go with the Carolina Panthers uh, in a close game to pull it out and um, take my lumps if it doesn't happen. Um, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Philadelphia won, but I, I would have to think as hot as Cam has been that – he seems like he's getting better and stronger each week. And uh, I'd have to go. I know this is a long-winded answer, but I have to go with um, the uh, Carolina Panthers. All right. Hey, hey, this might be one of those weird games to where you can look at the box score. If Zach Ertz eats a lot, Philly won probably. And on the other side, if McCaffrey ate a lot, then Carolina won. I feel like this is one of those games where you could just pull the box up and look at that before you see the score, and it'll tell you everything. Well, not everything, mm-hmm. but a, a good portion of the game. All right. Let's move on to a um, – let me see what I want to talk Oh, how about this one? This – this didn't come as, as as a surprise. It may have came as, as a surprise to where he can't, he went, but it didn't come as a surprise because it was an obvious thing from the from the beginning of the season that this was not a good fit. And if this guy was going to be able to do anything, he would have to get um, ex- exercised out of New Orleans. Let's talk about AP all day um, getting traded to the Arizona Cardinals who were very needed for a uh, able-bodied running back other than Andre Ellington or, or Chris Johnson, who they released or uh, um, uh, Kerwin Williams, 
who who was a hot piece of garbage. I never even liked him in the first place. And he got his first shot, didn't do anything. Chris Johnson got his shot, didn't do anything. And then they had Andre Ellington, who's a passing uh, uh, type of running back and a change of pace type of running back, not an a, every down running back, like a person like Adrian Peterson. So Adrian Peterson, even though that line is not good, is, is, is in an ideal situation with a quarterback that can get the ball to some able-bodied wide receivers to open up the field to, to, to give AP, who's only had 27 carries, 26, 27 carries, um, uh, I'll give him a shot to see what he can do until David Johnson returns. Um, Jeff, give me your opinion on where you think Adrian Peterson – I mean, let me, let me put it this way. I like AP, okay? I thought he would – because the offense he was going to or go, going to when he was with New Orleans – um, was going to help him with a uh, passing type of um, quarterback or quarterback that can open the field up with the receiver core that he had um, would be able to give him a lot of room, even though Mel- Melvin Ingram was there and the rookie Alvin Kamara was there. Well, I was wrong about that. Um, they didn't want to, co- I wouldn't say conform, they didn't want to give enough touches to AP. They stayed loyal to Mark, uh, Melvin Ingram and, and decided to give Alvin Kamara a lot of touches. And it panned out. Kamara is probably going to be a, a, a one of these rookie fantasy darlings, in my opinion, especially in PPR. So now AP goes to Arizona. I still love AP. Um, I still think he's got a quarterback that can get the ball down the field and throw to his wide receivers and open the field up and give him – Give, uh, uh, um, rather than have eight, nine men in the box, uh, have a normal box that he can uh, get some running room um, and show that he may not be the AP from two or three years ago, but I still think he can get the job done. Jeff, what's your opinion then, Nas? You know, uh, in, in the NFL, I don't put a lot of stock on in-season trades. You don't see a lot of in-season trades for players and, um, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, maybe it'd be a better trade if uh, Adrian Peterson was more f- was familiar with the uh, the Arizona offense. And that's what you notice a lot if there is an in-season transaction in the NFL, they're bringing in a guy who knows the offense. And, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, the, the Saints offense is usually very good at, finding ways to use a wide variety of skilled players and have them be productive. I don't know what their plan was for AT. I don't know what they had discussed with him. I mean, he's very good out of the eye formation with a fullback, not a great receiver. I guess the good thing is for fantasy guys, if you have Mark Ingram or uh, Kamara, it kind of, takes a three-man committee and makes it into a easier-to-deal-with two-man committee. Um, there's still other running backs in the mix in Arizona, so I think it'll be a while before AP, you know, gets a lot of touches. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know the man personally, but, you know, some star players can't deal with a diminished role late in their career for whatever reason. I mean, this guy – I mean, exceptional athlete. Um, But, you know, uh, 
you know, if he wants to stick around in the league, you know, he's got to be a good soldier. That's life, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, I kind of thought he was a little immature in uh, New Orleans. But believe me, if he didn't have his name and his resume, you know, he'd be done. So uh, who knows, this might be his last shot. Before Nas, before you jump in here, I have to say, Jeff, that uh, Bruce Arian already said that Adrian Peterson is a starting running back. So <laughs> he, he he's coming in as a starting running back, and he's going to be getting the majority of the touches. I think Andre Ellington is probably going to be the uh, change of pace and, and passing passing uh, running running back, uh, which he which he's be- better suited for. But the first and second down, and possibly some. Some third downs, Adrian Peterson is going to be the starting running back. All right, now talk to me. Yeah, like I, I definitely get your point, and I think the pride of Adrian Peterson is going to make him uh, at least be able to perform while he's there. So I think he'll do better than expected. Uh, but the biggest problem is uh, he's he, he's a guy of a, he's a relic of an old era, man. Uh, the idea of a running back that can't really catch out of the backfield it limits your offense now. So the moment he's in the game, okay, the defense knows, okay, he's not getting it, one of the linebackers is coming because we know a run is coming or we know it's it's play action. But the offense is now limited because he's in the backfield. And that was his trouble in New Orleans because they got two pass-catching backs that allowed him to have the whole playbook open. And then when AP comes in, uh, you know, everybody knows what's happening. So you, you limit your offense. And I, I would make the argument that it's it would be hard for a running back like Adrian Peterson right now if he came out in the draft and he had no receiving capabilities. It would be hard for people to take him top ten. You see what I'm like? Because the game has changed so much as far as how important mm-hmm. it is to catch the ball out of the backfield. Because the majority of teams now, man, uh, they're giving you the short stuff and making you sustain drives as opposed to letting right. you get those explosive plays. So right. just Adrian Peterson being on the field, man, it limits things. And like I, I don't know how this is going to play out. He's an all-time great Hall of Famer, you know, all of that stuff. But his inability to receive uh, really limits, you know, how much sway he has. And that's when Sean Payton can tell a Hall of Famer, hey, sit over there. We're bringing in uh, the rook. Get the rook up here. Hall of Famer goes to that. Like, that's crazy that that happens, but it's an NFL reality. you got to catch the ball. That's true. Um, that's true. I, 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 I agree with you there. Jeff, talk to me. Did, or did, you, did you already you, – you, you, you told me what you, what you thought about this. Anyway, um, uh, I believe in Bruce Arian. Um, there's, there's a few guys in the league that I really like the way they play calls. And they, the way they they uh, um, have their offenses run, um, Andy Reid is one of them. Very very good with running backs, um, and, and getting running backs um, um, to uh, play at the, a very high uh, uh, ability. I like Sean McVay, very innovative, very good with young quarterbacks. Of, I should say, very good with quarterbacks. I like Bruce Arians because he does the same thing. He's very good with quarterbacks, and he's very um, innovative in, in his uh, offensive philosophy. I, I also like. Um, I'm trying to think who else is it. I'm trying to think who else is it besides Arians. Um, um, Arians. Um, McVeigh. Yeah, my man um, in Frisco. I can't even think of his name right now. Kyle Shanahan. That, that, thank you. Thank you, there Kyle Shanahan. He, he's another guy 
that one of these guys that is able to get the most out of the, the, the pieces that he has and able to um, put the, quarter, the quarterback, regardless of the level, uh, skill level of a quarterback, in the best possible position to get the most out of uh, that quarterback to make plays um, a la uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, he had Kirk Cousins at one time. Uh, um, Sean McVay had Kirk Cousins at one time. So these guys are very relatable to quarterbacks, very good with quarterbacks. Um, I know I'm leaving somebody out, and, and, um, uh, and, and it's not by choice. It's by memory. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head besides Shanahan, McVay, uh, Andy Reid, who's very good with quarterbacks and, 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 and running backs, and, and um, uh, uh, Sean McVay. Uh, these guys are extremely good, and, and it's obvious what what is taking place in in, in San Francisco. Uh, I think they lost the last three or four games by less than three points, and two of them in overtime. Uh, McVay uh, has got the highest scoring in, in Rams, who were absolutely putrid last year, have the highest scoring offense this year with Jared Goff, the same quarterback that played uh, probably half the games, and it was so bad last year in the offense, and, and the Rams were pretty much the laughing stock when they moved to uh, L.A. last year, are um, the toast to L.A. right now because um, they have a young coach who's instilled the young ideas, who's, in, re, who's invigorated that team with young players, as in Todd Gurley, who leads the league in touchdowns, and Jared Goff, who is um, playing – uh, I wouldn't say lights out, but he's playing extremely high level compared to last year. And quite naturally, um, it, it's not a, not a surprise to me because these guys um, just have fresh minds with fresh ideas and able to relate to players. Um, young McVay, the youngest quarter, youngest coach in in, in the league, and, and and got the the Rams in it on a uh, uh, over five hundred. At this early stage, no one thought no one was I, no one was surprised. Uh, I shouldn't say no one was thought that the Rams would be what they are right now. So I, I always I always say, especially in fantasy, that if you want to pick out some players, if you have any doubts about some players, look at the head coach, his philosophy, or look at the offensive coordinator and their philosophy, and it will help you because. Um, they obviously you go to some of these teams and they're extremely predictable, extremely archaic in their play calling and extremely um, archaic in the way you go about running an offense. Um, I like uh, uh, um, uh, Jeff Fisher last year, just, to, just, to, just, to, just off the top of my head. So um, those are some, some surprises. Surprise teams, I would say surprise teams, but the teams that are on the rise, I should say, that um, have a lot to look forward to, uh, especially their head coaches who who are, are going to put their players in the best possible position and take care of their players. That's key. In today's generation of players, um, different mindset than five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, different different mindset of the today's type of players quite naturally. Most a lot of players are socially conscious um, and, and have a lot of uh, outside interests, uh, but not distracted from football. So um, 
you need co- you need coaches to be able to relate to that. Anybody anybody want to jump in and give me any comments about what I just uh, uh, espoused? Yeah, we're, well, we're seeing a breaking up. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh uh, no, go ahead, Nas. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say we're seeing kind of a breaking up of the old boys club, and now new ideas are coming in. Uh, some of the stuff that Andy Reid is taking from college, where they're stretching people horizontally. Uh, Man, it looks amazing. So, yeah, we needed new lifeblood in the NFL as far as coaching. So it's coming in, and hopefully more people get, you know, opportunities. And this is just what has to be done. You know what I mean? In, in every league, you have to bring in new ideas, new thinking, and figure out uh, how you want your offense to look. But, man, if you want to come in there with that old stuff, <laughs> I mean, you're going to get beat down and run out of the league. So, yeah, you got to bring new ideas, man. It's good to see Definitely. You know, I mean, the, in the NFL and many other uh, fields, it's the people who adapt are the ones who are successful. You know, I mean, Don Shula was a very successful head coach for a long time because he, he adjusted. Um, and that's that's the way football is. That's the way life is. Um, you know, uh you know, I mean, people say the players are different, but people are always saying that. I don't think they're that different. But, you know, times change a little and, you know, different generation. And uh, got to bring up a guy who's uh, – he's been in the league a while, but seems typical of some of the younger players, uh, Cam Newton. And, uh, you know, I don't know, early in his career I thought he was a different kind of guy, not a bad guy. I mean, he did some things kind of puzzle people like with – on the sidelines with the towel on his head. What does it mean? Nothing. It's no big deal. He just put a towel on. Like, you know, it wasn't like he left the sideline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like – I mean, it, it's not a good optic, but by the same token, it's not a big deal. And he's proven that he is definitely an NFL quarterback. And uh, he's been playing very well recently. I And I, I – kind of predicted it because he didn't play in the preseason and coming off the injury and uh but uh you know I don't think he's a bad guy I don't think also like uh I don't think obviously he's not a Vince Young who for whatever reasons uh just I think was not cut out to be an NFL quarterback not everybody is um uh but I'll tell you Cam he learned a priceless life lesson about free speech. Yes, you have free speech, but that does not free you from the consequences. <laughs> That's true. And, 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 and he cost himself a lot of money. Yes. And just to, just to, 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 to touch on that lightly, um, I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, Jeff, and then I go to Nas on Cam Newton and the comments he made at a press conference last week that uh, got him in some hot water, uh, quite a bit of hot water, and Jeff alluded to it, um, a loss of sponsorships. Um, and uh, um, his subsequent apology, whether it was, um, and I'm not saying it was one, one way or the other, I'm just putting it out there, that uh, um, his apology was it. Uh, um, a uh, heartfelt apology or a must-do apology to save face and try to keep some of the sponsors that he may have lost. Talk to me, Jeff, and then us. 
you know, I mean, you know, he put his foot in his mouth. He seems sincere. Uh, you know, he's literally paying the price for it. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, isn't that company now going to uh, go with uh, Dak Prescott for uh, the endorsement? And, uh, you know, he seems like a very mature, very responsible guy. And that's that's the kind of guy you want as your uh, quarterback. But, he see, he learned a lesson because uh, he got busted for DWI in college. I think it was his senior year. Yeah. And uh, that that hurt his draft position. And every cost you money. I mean, it worked out for him because, uh, you know, he had a, a great rookie year. But it cost him money. And uh, he seems like someone who would learn from that and uh, use better judgment. So I guess, uh, you know, this endorsement is a, is a step in that direction. It's going to put a lot of money in his pocket. And, uh, you know, if he messes up, they're either going to get another player or maybe just uh, <laughs> stop using NFL players uh, to pitch their product. Yep. All right. Uh, talk to me then, Nas. Yeah. Well, I could care less about the sponsors. The hell with Dan and yeah, whatever. But uh, Cam was wrong. Like, I, I don't even understand the people who are trying to line up behind Cam and say, well, if you look at it this way, like, no, nah, he's wrong. Uh, you mm-hmm. basically acted like, uh, your ability to understand the foot, uh, NFL or football in general was if you are a man or a woman. You know, it's a ridiculous notion. And the fact that every female sports reporter has to kind of prove themselves as credible along with doing the job, uh, they don't need somebody saying something like that, man. That affects their pay. That affects their career. That affects how people look at them. Uh, when we got people with four-year degrees on the sideline asking a coach real quick, Hey, so what adjustments are you going to make the second half, Coach? Like, you know, when we regulate them to that kind of position, then, you know, there's a problem. Uh, so not only is there a problem with Cam, there's a problem in all the sports media and how we treat women. But, man, you put the average fan, show them a clip of somebody throwing an interception and ask them if it's the receiver's fault, if it's the O-line's fault, if it's the UB just made a good play or the quarterback made a bad read, most fans won't be able to tell you. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a thing of, like, it's a, a normalized thing. Hell, most people in the press room couldn't tell you, which is why they just, for the most part, just uh, repeat whatever the coach said because they don't know either. But uh, the woman he was talking about, she's actually a football nerd. Like, she follows a lot of football nerd accounts and tweets a lot of stuff uh, about breakdowns, quarterback play, online play, and all this other stuff. So you yep. picked the wrong one to do that to. So, yeah, Cam was dead wrong in that. He made his apologies, so I think everybody should move on. But uh, you, y'all, you do wonder if a lot of people in the NFL think the same way uh, about uh, women uh, as far as reporting. Okay. All right, let's move on further down down uh, south to um, Miami, where a offensive line coach, Chris Forster, had to resign, and I, and I don't understand this. Um, he got was given the opportunity to resign when a, a video was posted um, with a with his girlfriend or a female friend of him um, doing lines of coke, um, and this is an NFL coach, and I'm not just saying 
just an NFL coach. It's just, you know, any coach at any level that, that's got court doing this is, you know, it's just, it's obviously a no, no. Um, and he was given the opportunity to resign um, versus getting um, fired. Um, I, I, maybe, I mean, I, I don't understand. Uh, I would think that something like that is a fireable offense versus, okay, uh, we, we understand that you were doing lines of coke. We're going to let you resign. Uh, we're not going to fire you. We're going to just let you bow out gracefully. Talk to me now. What's your thoughts on Mr. Forrester? Lines of coke, yeah, getting well, caught. <laughs> Talk to me. Yeah, he's a great a he's a great a moron for one. And the other thing is, man, having status and money doesn't take away the fact that maybe you were a lame guy. So he got turned out a little bit, it seems, by the stripper, and he gave her that kind of evidence to lay out on him, and it got laid out on him. Uh, I think the Dolphins just wanted this thing to go away. They didn't want him to go away kicking and screaming. They wanted as quiet as, as, as they could get it with a story as ridiculous as this. So they allowed him to resign to move on. But, yeah, man, I, I think sometimes we need to turn that police blotter on the coaches because we have this idea that the coaches are all hardworking, staying up all night watching film. It's like, dude, you're in a, you're in a room with your friends ordering food and talking and watch talking about football and watching football like it's the ultimate guys guys thing, and you're also mm-hmm. gonna have some wild crazy dudes in there. So yeah, this coach happened to get caught, but I guarantee you there are some other wild coaches out here in this league. But uh, man, that's a crazy story. Cocaine. Talk to me, Jeff. Yep. Yeah, I'm, Talk I'm to still me, Jeff. scratching my I'm still scratching my head about that one. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything that illegal in filming it and I have to admit when I hear about this sort of thing sometimes I assume it's a young guy you know because sometimes you know when you watch the news I get the impression that some of these young young, uh, people would rob a bank and film it you know what I'm saying I'm thinking sometimes I think to myself it must be easy to be a cop nowadays because you've got so many dingalings putting their whole <laughs> life, filming yep. it and putting it on the social media. You know, yep. this guy is not a spring chicken. You know, he, no. he, you know, he doesn't get carded anymore when he buys beer or whatever. I can't think of a better analogy. Um, just very, very, very strange beyond stupid. I think Nas has a point. Maybe, that's why they gave him the opportunity to resign. Just to, they want to get this, you know, out of the way quick because just another embarrassment for a struggling franchise. Um, you know, I mean, the urine test uh, the players. Why don't the urine test the coaches? Why not? I don't care. I mean, uh, I don't think a lot of them are messing with cocaine, but you know, you never know. I mean, there have been incidents. Uh, you Google it, I think uh, maybe 10 years ago, um, one of the Lions assistant coaches got pulled over, driving around naked. I think he was drunk. Um, and there have been incidents in uh, other sports with uh, coaches or managers using very, very poor judgment. So, uh, you know, nobody's perfect. I mean, you know, some of these coaches, a lot of them are, uh, you know, very hardworking guys. Um, 
But uh, I guess, you know, they're under a lot of stress, and uh, like anyone, they're capable of uh, using very poor judgment. All right. Well, um, I have to say that I think, Naj, you're right. You said it quick, um, but I, uh, I I caught that, I, that maybe he got turned out. Um, this stripper may have rocked his world that he lost – uh, all thought of common sense and um, got buck wild for a moment and it cost him. So, um, and it, and it happens. I mean, he's an older guy with a younger woman um, and he's, he's having probably the time of his life um, or, or one of the times of his life and got, got caught up, uh, caught up too much and it cost him. It is what it hey, is. Don't go chasing uh, waterfalls, man. Stick to those rivers and lakes that you're used to. If you're an old, horny dude, they'll be trying to have some young, you know, girl who's, you know, hey, man, you might not be able to handle that, man. Might have you yep. out here posting videos to ruin your good-ass job. Yep. And let me put it this way. You may be able to handle her somewhat physically, but if you if your mind ain't right, uh you can get it put. You can get put. In, you can get put in a situation like this. Like I said, if he got his, if she rocked his world right, um, you know how it is. Um, you you lose thought of uh, all. You lose common thought. Let me put it that common sense thought. I should say, um, and, and can't think straight. You're only thinking of the the uh, uh, um, the the the, the, the VJ and, and nothing else. So, um, it is what it is, and. Uh, just another guy that got caught up and uh, uh, paid the price. It ain't worth it. Let me put it that way, uh, obviously. All right, we're going to cut this uh, uh, party short. Uh, I'm going to go to Nas first, then Jeff, and then myself, and then we're going to say goodbye. Talk to me, uh, Nas. Yeah, I'll just say, uh, just, just to piggyback on what we were just talking about, I have no business with a 21-year-old. Like, we got nothing in common. Uh, that's not my speed anymore. I'm a little older right. guy, and, and I need to, you know what I mean, hang a little bit more in my age range. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we get a good game tonight, and Sunday is going to be interesting uh, just because now people are going to be anticipating the protest. And, yep. uh, like, I maintain, man, what Jerry Jones did was despicable, man. Like, you are making these dudes either bend the knee uh, to you or bend the knee in support of their people. Like, that's an ugly function to put people in, and mm-hmm. there was no reason for him to do that, especially publicly, man, because, man, these dudes are athletes. They're not activists. Like, you're putting them in, into something that I don't know if, if most of them are equipped to handle. Hell, everybody that you know uh, code switches and, and does what they need to do on their job. So to put these guys in that position when the average NFL career is three to five years, you've got a small window to make that money. And, and now you're going to put a man's dignity on the line. Like, man, I, I think that was despicable. Yep. Talk to me, Jeff. Well, I'm glad uh, the giants haven't come up. Uh, they got decimated <laughs> with injuries at wide receiver. Yeah, they, yes, and, did. you know, I'll tell you, McAdoo looked like a genius when he was, uh, coordinated with Aaron Rodgers, but uh, we'll see if he's a good coach because the, real, the, the really good coaches, they, uh, they can adapt to deal with, uh, the, you know, injuries and changes and whatever. And uh, I w- a lot of people were hoping they would uh, bring back Victor Cruz 
that hasn't happened. I'm not sure why. Because uh, in the situations where you need a guy on short notice, you're bringing somebody who's familiar. Uh, Cruz went to camp with Chicago this summer, didn't make the team. Uh, you know, very popular player with the Giants and, and very productive for uh, for a long time. Um, and so they uh, they signed a couple guys from the practice squad. Um, they, uh, you know, they're going to start one of the backups, Roger Lewis. And personally, I, I, I'm, I'm curious when they play Sunday night against Denver, uh, not going to be easy. Even if they were healthy, it would not be easy. Uh, if they're going to move uh, the rookie tight end, Evan Ingram, to wide receiver, I mean, he's fast enough to play wide receiver. I don't know if he'd be comfortable with that because, you know, he's still learning as a rookie. But believe me, because they got another tight end, Ellison, who's a more traditional tight end, and pretty good, and it would help with the blocking, which has been an issue. And, uh, you know, the Giants don't like a lot of drama. And now uh, Dominique uh, Rogers-Cromartie is suspended because he was, uh, long story, he was doing a, a lot of nonsense. He's a veteran guy. He should know better. So uh, they're going to be without a very good cover corner on Sunday. So uh, it could get ugly Sunday night in Denver. Yep. Uh, All right, people. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for joining me today. I know I've been sporadic in in, um, um, these Thursday night shows. Try to do better. Um, Extremely busy at work and come home exhausted and not being able to do this. Um, But we're here today. I plan on being there um, on Thursday, 8 p.m. in the future. Tune in next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where uh, myself, and Jeff and uh, possibly Nas will um, be talking um, that week in sports and whatever else crazy takes place, um, whether it's player, coaches, teams, owners, uh, whatever uh, takes place. Uh, uh, also on uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the FSP show. Victor will be the host. I'll be the co-host. And as usual on, on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's the master plan where I go down each and every team and their matchups and every player that I think is fantasy relevant, including sleepers, studs, duds. Um, I've been hitting pretty good um, with my uh, studs and duds and especially sleepers. Um, um, uh, so tune in 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. What do you got to lose? Um, some time. Uh, you can sit back with your coffee, breakfast, or whatever, and, and just listen to me rant over and over. And who, who knows what may, who may come on and, and, and talk uh, fantasy with me. With that being said, enjoy the game tonight and enjoy the games this weekend, including Monday night. And we'll see you next um, Thursday. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. Mr. Anchor, fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah, check. Fantasy sports and politics, ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics crew, yeah.